Hello, 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 hello. All right, Mike. So I got to introduce you first. You got to let the music play out, okay? No talking. And we're dancing. And we're getting it. And we're grooving. And we're moving. And we're shaking. And we're baking. And we're loving. And we're doing something. And we're moving. And we're grooving. And we're doing it. And we're doing it. Hello, everybody. This is Setting Sail with me, Steven Saylor. We got a really good one for you. Let's do it. Let's take off now. I didn't over. introduce you yet, dude. I didn't introduce you yet. Okay. I'm just going to jump right into it. Welcome back to another episode of Setting Sail. Today I have a very, very handsome, very handsome, very talented, a very funny, 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 smart person. The original YMCMB. <laughs> Took me a second. Give it up for young Michael Cameron Banks. Thank you very. It's Cameron Michael. Cameron, Banks. I know, but I thank but, you for reading off all the bullet points on the note cards I gave you, and we're good. You're welcome. Now we're I, setting sail. I, I was thinking about that, and then I was like, like right before I said YMCMB, I totally had it wrong. Oh, it'd be yeah, it'd be YCMB. CMB. Yeah, yeah. Oh but, yeah, you think Michael's my real first name? It's not. I know, I know, it's not, but it worked for the. For, it would have worked for it my, worked for the thing. I didn't mean to ruin that. Wow, That's young okay. Michael Cameron Banks, YMCM. Oh, oh, wait, no, because there's a second M. YMCMB. Oh, Y. So it needs to be like Young Mini. No, YCMB. Oh, just YCMB. Young Michael Cameron Banks. I'm not sure. I'm not good with acronyms. Ah, I love acronyms. <laughs> I love them. But what is it like? The Order of the Planets is like Roy G. Biv or something like that. Right. No, I'm good. No. Yeah, but they took out Pluto. No, it's, Pluto it's was my favorite. Pe yeah, it's PEMDAS, like Pluto, Earth, Mars. That's it. PEMDAS mm. is the Order of the Planets. PEMDAS. So. <laughs> that's like no PEMDAS. PEMDAS is the uh, isn't it the the mathematics parentheses? Who does PEMDAS? Is it is it mathematics? PEMDAS is the order of operations. Is yes. it? Parentheses, okay. exponents. I didn't want to act Ex smart on this. Don't let me be an engineer. Well, I said you're a smart guy. The point is, uh, to be funny, you're supposed to act aloof about everything. <laughs> and I've done very good. I call it the Mar uh, the Norm MacDonald effect, which I've done. I've tried to apply a very high IQ to the stupidest topics I can. What's a car? Huh? What's yeah, you know. Huh? What's a car? What does he say? <laughs> oh, what is that joke he has, he has to say about... Like, he lost a battle to cancer. Like, what is the battle? Like, does cancer get to go to work on Monday? Like, ah, oh, yes, I'm Tom now, everybody. Does cancer, does cancer get to go does get to go for, like, yeah. a nine holes or, like, yeah. in the middle of the day? What is going on? Yeah. So, yes, I'm here. When, when you were on my podcast, it was really, really fun, man. I had a blast. And at, and when we did that, I think we'd only known each other for maybe three months. Oh, wow. Three months Our or so. A young, blossoming relationship. Yeah, it's blossomed. It's fruitful. It's into... It's, uh, it's got hair on... It's got hair on... The, it's got it's got grass on the field, if you know what I mean. Oh, it's, it it's does have, no, it does have hair on it now <laughs> because it's it's traveled the eastern half of the country. And speaking of traveling to the eastern half, uh, yes, I did speak on this podcast about with Alan Ford going to New York. Um, and you were you were part of that group, and you mm -hmm. just got back from New York. You did the comic strip and um, St. Mark's Comedy Club. St. Mark's Comedy Club. Now run me through that. 
that was really fun man uh well going out this time we knew the city better because mm-hmm. we had just done this so like we got to do more this time and bringing bringing my girlfriend with made it way better because you know i felt like i got to let her have more of a vacation instead of us going which way do what do we do what road is uh this? it's like well, how do we what is the john mulaney joke the streets are numbered people it's so easy it but really I, is yeah <laughs> so uh we were able to get around easier and do more and um the shows the sh- sh- the performance wise I was on shows with some of the most amazing comedians I've ever seen in my life. Uh, specifically, Gianmarco Ceresi. Mm-hmm. Is, he had the most amazing set I've ever seen live. And he went in the middle of the show. And I think the bookers said they put him there because he was trying out new stuff. And he, all of his new stuff smacked so Just hard. Fucking and then I went like four or five comedians after him. After two, three other people also killed right after him. And uh, my set went good. But I feel like it would have went even better like if I didn't have to follow some of the most amazing people. But I love that kind of stuff because it pushes me to be better. Yeah. And I learned a lot from him, man. See, I, uh, I, 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 that's fucking amazing. And you uh, was... Uh, Tom Cotter on on one he was of those? not on my show but he was on the show before I got there and yeah Tom Cotter he I'm a huge fan of his I remember I saw him on America's Got Talent mm-hmm. a couple years ago my younger brother was obsessed with him I feel so bad because my younger brother was trying to get off work to go to this trip and then uh, he couldn't make it but I feel bad because he would have got to meet Tom Cotter too yeah. if he made it so it was kind of sad but how was a uh, how was St Mark's St Mark's was a dope spot it's a smaller club you know. Like, actually, this time we went to the comic strip, there was like 100 people in the audience. Really? It was really awesome. They Did, filled up that they, side room. Because they lifted up the... Because when we went, yeah, there was, it was yeah, still... The world, yeah, New York was way more open this time. Yeah. I mean, it was still semi-open. There was stuff we to there, do, but, but... It was popping this time. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, dude. And then um, the St. Mark's was a smaller club that could probably fit like like 60 max. And uh, it was just... It was decorated very well. It was... The front half of that building is like a, like a gluten-free like bakery so like you know it's bougie mm-hmm. and uh, upper west side or this what? is actually southeast so oh, this really? is like close to the south i don't know what that village what that area is it's like directly east of greenwich okay like t- closer to the eastern edge of the island I, I just don't know the city well enough to say what what part it is probably saint mark's is the area and um the yeah the club was awesome they had like twinkle lights wrapped around the mic stand and like lights that like went across the back and it was like chalkboard like they wrote st mark's in this amazing graffiti looking chalkboard writing above the stage that was an amazing comedy club amazing comedians and i got super mad at myself because one of the girls that performed that night was patrice o'neill's fiance and i didn't realize it until i was just watching his documentary again today during lunch and i saw her and i was like what she was at the show oh my god i talked to her and i wish i knew that at the time i talked to her because i like yeah, that's that's really. She made a joke about like her fiance passing away a month before their wedding, and she was like, "I can't believe you took this day away." Like she had this joke about her just being mad at him because yeah. he died. Like you're not getting out of this wedding. No, you were going to marry me. But like her jokes were hilarious. But then I was like, "Oh my god, those were jokes about Patrice." Yeah, and he's like my third favorite comedian of all time. He's a fucking so, legend. Yeah, so I couldn't believe that. So I got to meet her, and she was awesome. She was very nice. That's amazing. So I got to meet cool people. And you actually got to eat at some really cool places. Oh, like man. Yeah, I got, just I got pampered. Pizza. Yeah, no, the pizza, I would not complain about eating just pizza and hot dogs off the street. But, yeah, my my lady is my sugar mama, so she used her, <laughs> her fat nursing checks with all of her overtime to pamper me by taking me to these amazing Italian and French restaurants. Yeah, I saw the food, and I was like, oh, Ooh, man, man let me I got to get me one of those. Once dude, you take a bite of lobster pasta, Ugh, you're a changed man. Jeez, I can see it in your eyes. A white shirt went down for that. <laughs> I cracked 
I cracked the tail and it's red splattered all over that shirt and I was like this was worth it everywhere yeah we got a squirter we got a squirter (laughs) it was that good of a lobster pasta first first time eating lobster tail too you've never had lobster tail never and it was the special oh so that's why I got it I was like I'm getting the special and I do not regret it it was amazing dude that's awesome even the muscles were good too I'm excited for you man and uh do you have some things coming up too right not not a whole lot but in uh oh yeah in a month I get to uh um MC at my, like my first time like doing something on a comedy club in Chicago unless you count the riddles show that we've been doing but I kind of credit that to Alan Ford and Connor Ford for putting that together and yeah. thankfully they put Brandon and I on to get opportunity but my first like spot that was given to me by a booker uh, I'm gonna be emceeing at CG's I don't know who's headlining the weekend I'm gonna do that but I'm gonna be there in August no shit and I'm very very excited you know because I'm gonna get to do 15 minutes to start off the show and I'm gonna bring the heat so it's kind of like a proving myself kind of thing, you know, because yeah. I've been wanting to get into more Chicago stuff. Chicago is, uh, I've, I've not done much out there. We need to go all. up more, yeah. Um, from what I have experienced, Chicago is fucking tough. It's tough. I, I think it's the best city for somebody that's new to stand up to go to, and we're very lucky to be this close. Because if you go to L.A., you're just going to get, you're just going to get trampled by fake people and liars yeah. and a terrible scene that... Uh, is really only for the people that have already made it. Like, you know, you got, like, the Seguras. Or you, well, there's only one Segura. Yeah. There's only one Kreischer. There's only one Bill Burr. Those people are the top dogs, and they're going to have plenty of work out there. Mm-hmm. New York City, we go out there, and it's like, oh, you got to pay to do all this stuff. You got to do that. You got to bring people to show. It's impossible for you to survive as a newcomer. Yeah. Chicago, you get opportunities. People actually want to listen to you. There's, they're pretty friendly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think you and I should definitely start taking more advantage of our proximity. Those, those coastal cities are real cutthroat. Yeah, they, they I know really, they are. Really, really are. It's sink or swim out there by the water. That's how the water works. That's yes. why we're setting sail, dude. We don't sink here. Exactly. We set sail to fucking forever. On the uh, we just sail right over to Chicago across just Lake Michigan. Across Lake Michigan, we're setting sail until we reach the, the until we reach the ice wall in our in Antarctica. Until we reach the ice wall in Antarctica, that's where we're sailing to. I just realized that you're a sailor and you work on boats. Yeah. I, that is, I, is that the reason why you started working for that company? Uh, no, the reason I started working for that company is because I got I, I got myself fired from uh, a bakery that's uh, in oh. town. Not gonna say which bakery, but they're a little uh, they lean a little light on the Timberlands. It's a downtown bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, some might call them a designer bakery. A dog that does bakery. Desserts. They're a designer bakery that does desserts. <coughs> DD downtown. Okay, easy, easy, easy. Love them. Shout out DD downtown. Uh, shout out the <laughs> Market Lounge uh, again. Thank you for letting us do this here every Thursday. Uh, catch Friday shows and Saturday. Um, it's a podcast. We it's got a podcast. okay. We got our first. We got our here first go. poppins. Hello. We got our first pop in. We have Alan Ford Jr. wearing a Cucumbus. Uh, Rest in peace, G-Baby. Alan Ford, you got a couple words you want to say? He doesn't want to say anything. Well, then why are you here? Alan, did you know that at at St. Mark's, Von DiCarlo was Patrice O'Neal's fiance? The lady with the curly hair that said she gained like 15 pounds in the quarantine, but she only gained 15 good pounds because it looked great on her. Do you remember that girl? The black girl? The She looked half black. She was the one that had the Comedy Central credit and was talking yeah. to Dante outside? Yeah, yeah. She was Patrice. She was engaged to Patrice. He's leaving his own podcast to go get more alcohol, I think. Get, 
You didn't know that either? I didn't know that. I didn't know who I was just that. watching his documentary again, and then she was interviewed as his fiance, and I was like, oh, my God, that was her? We just talked to her, and I didn't even realize that. She was hot, man. She was, yeah, she was. That's why I said she gained 15 good pounds. Mm. But. <laughs> you want to hear? I, I don't mean to hijack the podcast, but. So, uh, I was, I, we, we went, our, me and Mike and Rachel went our separate ways last day it was like three in the morning or two in the morning right oh yeah yeah and i was waiting on the subway and some homeless dude black homeless dude without shoes you know the homeless people out there you obviously know how they <laughs> he knows was yelling at everybody and i just so happy to look at him made eye contact and he said what are you i don't know if, okay i'm gonna just say what are you looking at you faggot nigger fish <laughs> he thought you were a lori lightfoot yes I'm just stuck on why fish at the end of it. Because <laughs> he, he thought you were Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> <laughs> here you go. Eric's here. Yeah, yeah, hey. Uh, uh, give it up for our reoccurring guest, the number one reoccurring hello. guest on this podcast. I'm go on both mics. I went on both mics. Ooh. Uh, I'm Ooh. here to say, because Alan Ford's here, that bullet trains are a great idea. No, we're not even going to get started Man, on this y'all bullshit. need to let no, that bullet go. Trains, bullet trains are a bad idea. Do you fucking want to talk idea. about this? No, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to give Brandon King right. satisfaction. We're not, we're not I doing it. I think it's it. a good idea. I don't know. You, you guys like think it's bullet, not feasible. You like the bullet thing? Well, because I'm an 87-year-old man okay. inside no, well, this body. Okay, so, yeah, public transportation. Trans, I said transformation. Trans <laughs> public, trans public transportation <laughs> is an interesting topic. But, yeah, I mean, like. I Elon, think we call that a Caitlyn Jenner. Have you heard of Elon Musk's theoretical vacuum-sealed commuting? commuting pods <laughs> no he had this I like haven't. idea for like these vacuum sealed pods where like you just get in one by yourself and it like shoots you like it could turn the commuting in los angeles down like like to be 10 percent of the travel time for people that need to commute to that city so what is so it like public the... transportation is something that i think is really cool and brandon was talking about how great it worked in other countries and you guys were just shitting on the idea i just he had I, hard proof I of just, it working in other places i enjoy a slow moving train i enjoy walking yes i don't do the planes That's your country man yeah i you guess would love to go meet my friend robert friday he was uh eastern shoshone i believe um native american okay and he was saying man reservation life is just country living man we move slow like by the way we were looking at houses to paint for this uh mission work i was doing mm -hmm. and we were just standing in somebody's backyard that i had no idea where we we're at having like a 20 minute conversation about this like everything is just moving slow on on the res you'd love res life i would honestly i would love it i don't mm -hmm. like i i mean i can do it like in new york i can do the moving fast in chicago i can do the moving fast yeah but like for me personally i just like to go at my own pace yeah. i don't like to to be forced if i want to sit and fucking just like i just want to walk like i just want to walk i don't want to speed walk mm -hmm. i don't want to move with any sort of intention like i have to be somewhere because realistically you don't you don't have to be anywhere you can be wherever you <laughs> want to be at that particular time you don't need to be anywhere oh i need to get to work no you don't go fishing you're fine you don't need to be That's anywhere. Actually one of my one of my former coworkers, he said when he lost his job like a couple years ago, he just went fishing for like a month. Dude, it, I love fishing. Do you like fishing? I love fishing. It's it's fun. Sometimes I want to just down a bottle of tequila, and sometimes I just want to go bass fishing. I am more of a of a cheap like a macro brew beer when mm -hmm. I'm fishing, like a Miller High Life, a Bud Light, a Coors Light, or something like that. Yeah, PBR for sure when you're yeah, fishing. Yeah, PBR, something like that. Like, that's my drink of choice. Not really so much tequila, but Alan oh, got no, me I hooked was... on tequila shots while we were in New York. I took plenty, and I love them now. No, tequila, tequila's got me thick. If I drink too much tequila, I start thinking about all this shit. You know, it makes me sad. It's like, oh, I bumped my toe three weeks ago, and I start just crying about that. 
Um, but oh, you cry with the memory of the pain? Yeah. It's like I, I can feel it. It comes back again, just like my mother. Isn't that is tequila? Okay, so like, um, you know, like when like drunk people at a wedding, like you hear the song Piano Man and all the guys are like, I love you, bro. Right? Yeah. Isn't tequila like that drink for women? It's like, I love you, bro, for women. Because women love tequila and I then they get very. I think it's Fireball. Ooh, no. Fireball, I don't think, is anything past the age of 25 for human beings. Do you still do Fireball? I will drink it if someone has it. That's a freshman year of college. I drink. don't go buy it. I don't uh, order it. If I'm at like a party and someone's like, "Hey, you want a shot of Fireball?" It's like, "Cool, yeah, I hate myself. Why not?" Um, yeah, but <laughs> like, no, the fire. It, I do. I think it's all right. Um, it's no, you know, it's. I haven't no had it in a while. Ends. It did kind of just taste stupid to me after freshman year of college, like because mm-hmm. I drank so much of it my freshman year of college with Dr Pepper and whipped cream. Oh, well, it goes down. Or ice so cream, it, like a root beer float. Oh, with with uh, with Fireball. Yeah, it's uh, really you could yeah make it's Dr Pepper Fireball and ice cream. It's really good. Hmm. Um, but that's just that's a chilling in the dorm. Like okay, yeah. so I wasn't a par- I'm not a partier. I you know like like I, I had a party once, but like I before like a year ago. Actually, I just started to like going out right when COVID shut everything down. But uh, in college, I wasn't a big too comfortable. Stay back inside. Exactly. (laughs) In uh, in college, I wasn't a big party. Or my I always say like my type of party was Mario Party. Just like chilling (laughs) in the dorms, you can whip up concoctions like that. You know, you can do these crazy stuff. So it uh, definitely had some gourmet freshman year drinks at the private school, Um, the dry uh, campus. Was that the year uh, the the show Mixology came out? Ooh, no, but Tipsy Bartender was definitely a thing Ah, at that time. Tipsy Bartender. I recently just watched a video. He's still around. Yeah, he still ca- he lost the uh, the the Yeezy lined sunglasses. He lost those. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, I recently saw it, and I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, you are sixty. You do hey, not need. He's to got be wisdom. Tipsy. You do not need to be tipsy anymore. You're seventy eight. Ease you, it. Come on. Ease it up on the jungle juice. Guy. I think those people deserve to be tipsy as well. Old people, they deserve to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. But just drive the speed limit is all I ask. Oh, yeah, the speed limit thing is a big issue with that community, yeah. but, you know, and the roundabouts, but, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, quit, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know? I don't, I don't know anything. You got a loss dude. of words on your podcast? I, I my own fucking podcast. Just pretend you know, man, just words. keep going. <laughs> That's what everybody else does. Dude, I wanted to ask, um, I wanted to ask, because you're, you're a fellow, a fellow musician. What got you into playing, like, guitar? Was it, like, a... Guitar Hero. It was Guitar Hero that yeah. did it? It was, um, I, I didn't have any interest in doing instruments, probably because I grew up listening to my older brother practice his oboe all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I was like, I like girls. I don't want to do this. <laughs> and then uh, Guitar Hero came out, and I just started shredding on that. And, like, I got to, like, the level expert in, like, a month. And my parents were like, wow. He He's picked autistic. that up fast. <laughs> yeah. I am autistic with lots of stuff. That's why I became an engineer. And hey, then it, uh, works, it works well for you. I told them I was like, I got really good at this, and I want to learn to play the real thing. And then they got me a guitar and started giving me lessons. So That's so dope, dude. Uh, guitar Hero got me into playing guitar. It, see, and a lot of people are like, I, I've heard like musicians say that you know, uh, Guitar Hero was a, it was a, it was a travesty to, to young musicians. And it's like, no, because you're not the only person I know that has said like they they discovered music their love of yeah, playing music it, through that it's a tragedy in the sense of i heard somebody once say that they think guitar hero is harder to play than real guitar and that stuff that's not possibly true it's five buttons that are big and fat that are easy to push versus a guitar that has 22 of those frets and then six individual strings and yeah. in that and uh it's yeah i don't that it it 
kind of would lose respect for musicians. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're coming from that angle, and I, I definitely agree with them on that. I mean, but I, it's not bad for introducing young people. I was like 10 when it came out. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you expect? Do you expect a 10-year-old to just be like, oh, I love Eric Clapton. I know who Eric Clapton is. I'm going to go play guitar. You know, <laughs> yeah. no. I mean, especially like... It took me five years to be able to play Cliffs of Dover on real <laughs> guitar. It's very difficult. Yeah, uh, I, I was a I, I was a touring musician, and then I played music with you, and I was like, "Good God, thank God that failed." <laughs> <laughs> when did oh, when did we jam? Uh, that day we did your podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you just like pulled out Cliffs of Dover, and I was just like, "Okay, I quit." I think I sold my guitar the next day. Oh damn! No, I man. sold it. I was like, "I'm done." My guitar teacher said that I always had like the foundation of um playing lead electric and mm -hmm. i think that just came from starting on guitar hero but so, nowadays i just love finger style would you prefer lead over like a rhythm nowadays i don't play as much as i used to so i don't really have that strong of an opinion but i guess i would prefer lead more because it's just more fun yeah but in terms of being in a band i don't really have any thoughts on that you know i've never really gotten into that i've just kind of like you know played once i got into acoustic i never went back to electric like well, I still have it in me, yeah. obviously, because I was able to play for you. But uh, there's just something so pretty to me about just playing, especially on a 12-string, just, like, busting out, like, a good, like, uh, Goo Goo Dolls song or just a John Mayer classic and, uh, you know, just having a lady sit next to you that you can uh, serenade. And uh, those are my favorite things to do with guitar. So Serenade the lady. Playing the slow songs. Serenade, serenade my one lady. The I got the best one the ever lady. now. So. Shout out to your lady. Yeah. Um, but with music, I feel, um, like as I've got, like, I was never the one, I was never one to like, like learn a song, like to like, like, uh, pick up like the tabs or like the, like, mm -hmm. I, do, I still don't know. You could be like, Hey, play like a, 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 a B minor seven. Oh, yeah, Cause or you something. were just ear, right? Yeah. I just, I'd never yeah. learned like my, like both my brothers got like, um, got a, they got lessons mm -hmm. and after they failed, they were like, ah, fuck this, you know, this, the last one we don't need your <laughs> brothers can teach you you know like but then they're like oh you're not good enough and then they'd start like you know just like smacking me i'm like i don't want to do this yeah it that can be rough um but I, I just feel like you have an interesting aspect on it like an august rush mm -hmm. aspect of learning an instrument like did you see how august rush played the guitar he played that on movie? his lap and he would like slap like it slap it and just move, like slide yeah it was, there was a i um, love that movie there was a there was a blind guy that was in a another version of um the not america's got talent but like and not the voice like the x factor or something like that and uh he um it was like ukrainian got talent or something like one of those and uh he was self-taught piano and the way he played it was just like he saw it a, well he couldn't see but he saw, <laughs> he it, saw, a saw it he saw it a different way and learning it teaching yourself makes it to where nobody else is gonna sound like you and yeah. that's what i think is really beautiful about self-taught and nowadays i do err more on the side of listening to something and then just trying to go figure it out on my own mm -hmm. uh but you know it's it's much better to just pull up the chords or like if you want to learn a riff you can just look up the tabs but do you not know how to read tabs at all i know how to read tabs um yeah. like i learned it's pretty learned, straightforward I, I when i started getting deep into guitar like about eighth grade year freshman year i was like Learning like Slipknot, like As I Lay Dying, like metal, metal stuff. Yeah, those are fun to play. It, very fun. But then I'm like, I'm just mimicking. Like I was like, oh, I'm just mimicking. Oh, you didn't like that? I, I mean, I enjoy it. But I, my thing is like when I play, when I play with stuff, I'll put on headphones and I'll put the music on and yeah. then I'll 
put some other headphones through the amplifier so I can hear it and listen to it and just make up my own stuff that goes along with the rhythms of things. And we got our second pop. And in we're today. talking about music right and now. We're Perfect talking timing. About music. We got uh, we got Todd McNeely coming in here. How you doing, Todd? Probably not uh, answer the question from across the room. I'm doing <laughs> fine. How you doing? I just uh, thought I'd pop in and see what was going on. We're doing good. We're talking about self-taught musicians right now. Okay. And like how Ludwig they... van Beethoven. Yes, exactly. That's the first guy we thought of. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. He's the only guy I know is self-taught. He's self-taught guitar right there. I know two people who are self-taught. <laughs> But he you know he came into it later. Was it was Beethoven the child prodigy or was uh, that? They were all child prodigies. They, yeah, that's a good point. They all were. Yeah. But you play any instruments, Todd? I play the stereo. Okay. <laughs> I'm very very good at it. I have impeccable taste. Nice. You're DJing on the way home then. All right. This all was right. the carpool right here, us three. Yeah, yeah. We all got together and uh, came in today. Yeah. Mike, give it up for the, the chauffeur. Yes, I, I discovered that uh, Stephen does not like uh, Led Zeppelin. I'm oh yeah, yeah. Keep the mic, Todd. You can't touch the mic unless you like lead. But you know what? I mean, you like the Jesus and Mary Chain, and that yeah. is the greatest band ever in the history of rock and roll. So. Damn. Yep. Psychedelic Furs. Dinosaur Jr. Dinosaur Jay Mascus. Jay Mascus is one of the greatest guitar players ever. And, you know, I know some people are iffy on the Smiths because Morrissey is an asshole. Morrissey is a dick, I but Johnny Marr, good God. Johnny Marr is amazeballs. Good Lord. Johnny Marr's guitar work. And the fact that he was doing all that layering and everything back in the 80s, like, and that's what people are doing now, like, like at least the music I listen to, they're doing just like multiple layers, multiple tracks of guitars just stacking on each other. Yep. He was doing this in the 80s with film you know they're, they're recorded they're not recording digitally they're doing this all like every second is money yep. and he's just layering just layering and layering and layering it's beautiful yep. i love it well okay agreed couldn't have put it better myself here's the mic back <laughs> it's good to see you todd mcneely everybody hey todd mcneely there he goes. That's funny. Up. I was making that sound with myself just before you picked me up. That's right. You want to shake my hand? Out from the front porch. <laughs> Out in front of the front. That's why you were ducked behind the bushes. I was hiding. I was hiding. There was a couple, uh, there was a couple kids out there. I, didn't I noticed want them to get a show. You just got your trim done. And what was the trim color you selected? The trim color was blue balls blue. Oh, nice. That was not the trim color. It's not the trim color at all. The trim color was white there you go that's it <laughs> i didn't want to say it i know yeah and the house is blue balls blue the house blue balls blue they actually that 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 that, that color was a uh, ink dropped I did you remember that terrible balls. pandemic we had in 2020 where we were all locked inside what was that they called? hit was blue that? balls oh that was the blue balls. we all got hit with blue i balls thought it was some sort of itis what was the itis? I thought it was itis. Too much eating of the pork or something. Oh, damn. No, no, I've been watching a lot of Chappelle. Yeah, I was going to say, this is not a Chappelle skit. <laughs> Alan just told me, that because uh, we were in New York, and I was like, I want to eat something right now that's going to make me take a nap before the show. And he was like, no, that's just like gas. <laughs> itis is gas. I was like, what? And he was it's like, never eat to go to sleep. And I was like, what? Yeah, so, tell that to you know. Apparently, you don't want to lie people. Tell that to half of the half of America. Half of America falls asleep, falls asleep eating. 
Yeah, dude, um, it's it's bad. You know, I mean, of, they're worried about people falling asleep with cigarettes in their hands. Eh? I'm worried about someone falling asleep with a chicken wing in their mouth. Guilty. Yeah, I've um, been there. I've uh, I've heard that Americans waste enough food each day that could feed the whole world. Isn't that something though? We waste enough food. That's that's on top of what we're eating in that same day. Mm-hmm. We're really bad at wasting food, and it's a shame because uh, world hunger has been solved. We're just not. Has it? We're just we're just not. World, world hunger is solved. We could easily like give enough food for everybody. We're just not giving it to them. We're keeping it. Just keeping it for ourselves. Monetizing it, and uh, that's a shame. It is a shame. I mean, How I have no you? room to talk, man. I'm like I'm two I'm two twenty. You know, I'm five eight. I should weigh about 145, 150 pounds, but I'm a glutton. I'm a glutton. You're, uh, it's not. That's not to guilt people in the eating the things that they in the amounts that they enjoy. I I'm love just, I'm, I'm, There's mass quantities of people that are going without food, and it's very simple. It, it, just hand some shit out, mm-hmm. man. For real though, I mean, we look at it, and um, there is a way around it. We. As a, I mean, I'm, and it may not even be an American thing. It's a, it's a, it's a cultural thing. It's just it's it's a human thing. We overconsume. We overconsume everything. We overconsume our entertainment. We overconsume our food. Like yeah, everything is an overconsumption. And why is it? Is it is it a thing of? It just feels good and distracts us from the empty void that we're trying to fill. You know, we have this. We just. That's what they try to say. There's no such thing as boredom anymore, um, you know, because we always have something to do. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily true, but I get the sentiment. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're just very compulsive, and it's what the corporations have wanted us to do, f- and they've mastered it. They got us all to buy into it now. They make fun of you don't have the newest iPhone. They make yeah. fun of you if you don't drink Starbucks. Uh, and uh, now it's the culture is to shame everybody for not also indulging. So they've definitely won in all of society has been trapped into uh, being consumers and it's very sad and i I don't understand it because i mean fortnite skins for kids they get bullied at school if they don't have a fortnite skin like i mean i've I've witnessed my nephew coming home from school crying because someone made fun of him for not having something on i'm like dude that costs money what about these kids that are living in poverty i mean what are they going through when they leave home i mean outside of what they're dealing with at home I mean, it's crazy to think about. It is, and it's it's something that has been building up and building up, and people say we're past the tipping point. And I would agree, 2020 definitely showed us how crazy we are and how sad that our, uh, you know, our culture has become. I mean, I think TikTok is a great example of that. I mean, how many, uh, how many creepy guys do you think are intensely watching these 14-year-old girls on TikTok? Doing I mean, the Bugs Bunny challenge. Yeah, see, like, I don't even know what that is, so I guess you're closer to that dude, guy than I am. I don't but know, but it's all over the place. I just, I'm on Instagram, and like, so stuff pops up on my feed, and I'm like, wait, uh, like, yeah. well, first of all, it's people doing awkward stuff in public, and I'm like, okay, we've kind of lost our way of, like, decency. And, like, doing stuff not not because not because out of the good graces of their heart. They're doing things yeah. just so they can get a like, just so they can get yeah. a follow, just so they can get a That's view. not everybody though. That's not everybody. Not, everybody. not everybody. But but I mean there's a, there's a large quantity of people out there on these apps yeah. that are just doing it to hopefully monetize on it and become a content creator. What the fuck what does that even mean a content creator? I what? I just see it as the new medium. I mean it was like well there was there's newsprint and then there was radio, and then there was TV, and now there's internet. And the internet is the strongest and the most dangerous, but I think of it as the next thing, and I 
uh, I, uh, nothing is inherently evil. It's like you said, it's the overconsumption of things. And I just hope that, uh, that more people are getting off of social media. Like I don't have the apps on my phone anymore. Whenever I want to post a network for comedy, I just get on my computer and do that stuff. Um, and, uh, more people are getting sick of it and we're definitely getting fed up with it in 2020. So hopefully because we can find that happy medium with mm -hmm. it, but we'll I see. Mean, it's all, it's always in our face. Everything is yeah. always in our face. We can't like, I mean, and that's a really good idea. Like you said, you got rid of all the apps on your phone. You yeah, that's the easiest way to get to it. So now when I go to my phone, I still, I still out of force of habit, pull out of my pocket and go look where the apps used to be. And they're not there. You know what is there nowadays though? My joke writing apps. Ah. So now I, I go to them and I try to be productive and I look at stuff and I edit and write and, um, it, uh, that compulsion is now getting used for something positively. And, um, it's, it's just, people are like, Oh, well you, you can snap and re-download the apps. And it's like, yeah, you got to hold yourself accountable. Yeah. Like people always like try to say like, Oh, well you can still do this. You can still do that. And it's like, it's up to it, you. It is an it's addiction. A, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like an addiction fault. thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and it is an addiction. It is yeah. an addiction thing. But, but you can't go to like, uh, you know, SCA, Snapchat's anonymous. You can't go to that. You just gotta, you just gotta, there like you say, hold yourself accountable. There should be uh, groups for stuff like that. Um, and it's very dangerous um, with uh, high school girls. Uh, teenage women now have uh, the high, highest rate of depression in recorded history. Um, well, that's not really too fair because recorded history is only like the past couple hundred years, you know, yeah. We and for mental illnesses, I yeah. mean, like we didn't treat that stuff seriously at all until just recently and still sometimes it's frowned upon to bring it up. But yeah, it's I mean, a serious you, issue with people's self-image. Yeah. And you look around, you see on Instagram, there's all these, uh, these self-proclaimed like models and stuff. And then you got like a, you know, a 15 year old girl in the Midwest is like, I want to be this. You know, so I'll post a picture and then it gets shit on or something. Next thing you know, something bad happens. It's it's it, and it's been like that for quite a bit of yeah, time. It's been like that since I've been in high school. Yeah. It's only gotten worse, though. Everything is you uh, the. The uh, self gratification of being like, hey, you look good today. That's not enough. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I'm going to take a picture of my outfit who fuck. If someone says I look good in person, that's not enough. I need 187 likes, 52 comments, 75 emoji emoticons put on my, in my comments yeah. for me to feel okay. I, if I don't get three peach emojis, then I'm not. Yeah. If some dude's not putting, putting an eggplant in my comments, I'm, I hate myself. Yeah. And I've only met a couple people like that. And uh, the only one that I can think of off the top of my head uh, now has an OnlyFans, so mm. good for them. They're monetizing it, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. But you know, I, I think it's this. Like I said, the stuff's not inherently evil. I mean, back in the day, something similar to that would be women that went to Los Angeles to become actresses and gotten taken advantage of and abused. Yeah, it's like so. You, this you, stuff has always been a problem. Yeah, and you look at you look at the fact of how old are you? You're 25. Yeah, 25. I'm 27. I have had. Five Batmans in my in my lifetime, and you expect me not to be confused? <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent of the Three time. Three Spider Mans. Am I gay? Do I like vagina? Does my mother still love me? I don't know. There's so many Batmans, and there's so many Spider Mans. All great things to question, man. All great things to question. Well, Pride Month just it just ended. ended so happy Happy uh, past you Pride Month. Chance to reflect on that with the community. Well, no, they right. they still want to talk to you about right. it. But yeah, man, you I got that's a family a, reunion coming. That's up. a Ray Romano joke all, too. He's like, am I gay? <laughs> but uh, a oh, family reunion. That's how you're gonna figure it out. Yeah, we're gonna figure it out there <laughs> but, yeah so we'll talk to my creepy uncle yeah Sweetie. i mean the sexual the sexual awakening is interesting because that's something that women were fighting for in the 70s mm -hmm. 
and uh, in the 40s it was showing your ankles, and then uh, nowadays I just went to the sex museum in New York City, and that was really interesting to see that because I wasn't a very sexual person, you know. But seeing this stuff and uh, seeing the progress that has been made and the uh, getting to see all, so like you know how they say sex sells and mm -hmm. they use it in commercials and stuff. Yeah. One of the floors of the museum was about entertainment industry. It was about Super Bowl commercials, movies music and it really opened my eyes to that aspect of life and um i think lgbtq um is an aspect of it where people are like why do you have to have a parade about the way that you have sex and i'm like man christianity really suppressed us uh because bef like back in the day what do they say like the greeks had these big like carnival orgies, orgies, orgies and stuff yeah, like Greek, that the greeks and romans they were huge on it yeah they were huge they expressed it in like mm -hmm. other cultures and back like a long time ago and i'm I mean, like wait how Alexand come alexander the great yeah the dude conquered basically the world but he loved the cock exactly yeah and um he, it's like what well, dave Chappelle's a joke he was like there's nothing more gangster i can think of than fucking Looking another man in the <laughs> ass <laughs> and uh so like so like when i when i was in this museum and i was looking at sexual history i was like christianity really suppressed all this because they were like trying to boil it down to god only wants a man and a woman to be together and only be together and uh, it was just really interesting and you know i still respect everybody's opinions and i'm a christian myself but yeah. seeing it from a logical and historical perspective it was really interesting to me and it really helped me um i've always uh loved the lgbt TQ community and supported them but it really kind of opened my eyes to uh how beautiful what they're doing really is and i'm uh, and the fact that i'm saying this after that month ended means i'm not just a corporate not just chill a trying yeah, to take advantage of it you're not just trying to so, get your uh, merits you yeah know you know I mean? and being being a straight white male is uh something that i've never really wanted to talk about but mm -hmm. uh yeah man i'm on their side and if they'll take me i'm with them yeah I'll, you know i know a couple i got a cousin who'd love you Oh, perfect. Yeah, he and she. They, it depends on the day. They go by both. Oh, they're, uh, what is that called? Gender fluid? Yeah, gender fluid depends yeah. on the day. He or she, they'll it's take interesting. it. Yeah, I, I, I want there to be a separation, though, between, what is it, gender and sex? Because, like, the based on the chromosomes, it's like, there's, like, the male or female argument. And then based on, like, the way you feel about your body and how you are as a person is your gender. So I think it was, like male or female is your sex but then like there's like a hundred genders or something like that and that stuff kind of confuses me it does confuse but me and i don't know enough to speak on it exactly there's a bill Nye episode about it though so it's a spectrum but you know it's it's something that and me trying to say like there's a male or female sex is probably offensive to somebody but i'm just trying to talk about what i'm like what i've thought science wise and See, they have science behind their shit too yeah, it's all in the like, brain it's like i'm i, I i'm dumb i, I don't know too much I, I you know i know what yeah. i know and that's a, about it i'd love to learn but uh, who's got time um yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we go like, too slow I we can't yeah, learn all this yeah, stuff you go too slow it takes me five years to read one book uh, i'm just now gonna finish oh, reading there. Ham. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you should move on to the cat in the hat what is that that is that a wonderful enticing. book about a feline feline Ooh, with a cap i love the pussy <laughs> okay, there you go <laughs> but um what I was, I mean, in my dumb head. What's going on in there? Male, female. You're born that way, male, female. Sexual orientation is something completely different. Yeah, sexual orientation is different than gender and sex and to me. You can say I don't, I don't identify as male or female, but that's still like you were born with a penis or you I can were just, born with a vagina. I can just but in my you head can do whatever you want. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Like who cares? Who like, and who should? 
nobody except for the people that are trying to figure out what they want and then based on so my biggest thing like legally there's stuff that people like they can have gay marriages now and stuff like that and there's a couple other laws that have trouble with people in the lgbtq community where they're not allowed to do certain things and have equal rights Mm -hmm. but i feel like the biggest issue right now is social acceptance and that's the hardest part to me because that can't be cracked so easily. And now go, do do elaborate social social acceptance. Are you talking about within the LGBTQ community or, or just you know in you know what I'm talking about when you say like in, like when there's a certain type of person that sees like uh like uh, for lack of a better word a very flamboyant gay person walk in a room they go and they roll their eyes yeah like they don't accept that person yeah like I'm t- there I feel like a, a biggest okay. at least my biggest like like feelings of, like of sorrow towards them is that they don't feel comfortable enough to tell their parents. They don't feel like they can express themselves in that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, just my heart goes out to them, and um, I hope that they can uh, finally come to grips. And um, I've, I've heard that uh, coming out is a very powerful thing in their lives, and I hope that uh, soon the world, that can be a thing where that's promoted. And it, and, and it is. I mean, you saw the, uh, the guy from the Raiders. Yeah, uh, he just recently came out, and he's uh, he's only a couple years into his. I mean, there hasn't yeah. been an, an active football player that's been like, "I'm gay," while they're still playing. I mean, they, oh they, no, they wasn't end it Junior recu- Seau? No, got drafted ju- and was already gay or something like no, that. No, Junior Seau wasn't. Who was the guy that was something Sam? He he played for the Dolphins. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is he got he got like ridiculed by this dude. Uh, I can't remember his name, but this like a uh, defensive lineman or whatever, he got ridiculed, and that dude got suspended. Had to go do a bunch of things. Now that dude's on the Raiders with the <laughs> yeah. first openly gay. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like, I think that's funny. But you got this dude who's got showing, you know, just showing so much strength and coming out. Yeah, you know, in a sport that is so manly, and I feel like that's really. Gonna I was going to say tides, that sport's you know probably I mean? the hardest one to do it in. Exactly. I mean, and that that that. That takes strength, yeah. and that is going to encourage a lot of youngsters to be like, "Oh, dude, this, yeah. this dude's in a spotlight. Way to he's in, people. yeah, you know, and he's coming out." He's- you know, when we were talking earlier about like uh, like appreciating these people and like trying to promote them to be mentally healthy, all I could picture was just like some like grumpy conservative boiling up with rage as we're trying to respect these human beings. It's sad, man. Yeah, it's sad to think about, and it doesn't affect them in any way, in no way, shape, or form, outside of the fact that somewhere in their head they've had those thoughts. And that's mm-hmm. why the, they guarantee that's why they're so fucking angry. That's and I always make jokes about how like I'm like I feel like I was like John Mulaney says it too. He was like I think I was supposed to be gay, but God forgot to flip the switch. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I think they're like, oh, did you say biracial? We thought you said bisexual. bisexual. <laughs> that's like I mean I, uh, Chris D'Elia. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. He had this. Oh really, boy, that's an interesting jump. He had this really great joke on his first special about like doesn't understand why people hate gay people it'd be like if someone goes hey i don't like butterfinger i don't want to be in the same room as a butterfinger i won't even put my hands on a butterfinger be like dude what the fuck happened between you and a butterfinger like it's a hilarious (laughs) joke joke, it's a hilarious observation and and i feel like that is a lot of the truth it's like what the fuck happened between you i actually know that a lot of that has come from back in the day there was even so the social acceptance part of it was everybody had to keep that stuff hidden mm-hmm. it had to all be secretive and there is a resentment nowadays where people are more open with it so the fact that they had to suppress it and are now married of 40 years with kids and had to hide it for the rest mm-hmm. of their lives because they had that one gay relationship in college when they find the only time they felt free in their life uh you know they they resent uh the, this generation and their ability to be more open to be with open it. with so it, now they just, just hate them for yeah it. exactly and like that's so uncalled for so unrequited mike yeah i mean I'm, hey and i just uh god yeah such a good conversation yeah 
but we don't have to talk about the political aspects of. Uh, I want. I want to hear. Sexuality. I want to hear one can, new bit that you just wrote. You haven't said it. You, uh, just a, a premise. Quick premise. Let's see what I got. I was actually uh, just looking at some today. Um, we live in the best time ever to be a man. We do. Every girl I date now makes more money than me. This is so great, man. They're making, what, 80 cents to the dollar a man makes now? Uh, I su- like, we need to keep it going, man. I want them to make $2 for every dollar a man makes. Ooh. I support feminism, right? You, like, you don't need pickup lines anymore, Steven. Like, just forget your wallet and ask her to pay. You're in there, dude. Yeah. Just, <laughs> like, no I have gotten, going Dutch. <laughs> yes, I have gotten so much free Chipotle, it's made me sick, literally. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so I got my nurse now. I got, I'm dating a nurse now, so I learned how to cook, right? I'm, I'm going to play my part. And, uh, you know, I support feminism, but I think uh, the only thing that's hurting them uh, is uh, the WNBA. You got to cut that shit out. <laughs> Get rid of that. It's not helping you, man. I mean, packing up NBA stadiums to COVID capacity is not a good look. Start uh, At least move them to high school arenas, and then, then we got something going on there. So. But, but keep the production quality. That's all I've thought on that so far. <laughs> keep the production quality, yeah. So that's all I got. I'm trying to work on uh, dating women that make more money than me is amazing. Hey, there you go. That's a that's a new one? That's something you just I've never Yeah, I've never even done that one. Cool. I just looked at a random note and just started rambling. Cool, man. Uh, the whole Batman, Spider-Man thing. I'm glad you laughed at that because that was actually yeah, something I just, wrote, I just wrote like two days and ago. And now there's a Batman is going to be, he's already been an enemy in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, and our our most recent Batman was once a vampire. Like, yeah. just, it's so crazy. I don't get it. It's the entertainment industry, man. They and have too much power. And then we're going to have one movie with like all the Batmans. It's like, okay. Are we about to hear that wave? We're, we're about to. Oh, is that the outro? This is the outro. This is how you time yourself? This is the outro. That's amazing, man. What a production. Mike, thank you very much Damn, for coming in. I'm glad in. I got Thanks for having me. And uh, you were supposed to be here a couple weeks ago, but yeah, it did, sorry you know, about that, that happens. Things will happen. Life sucks. Uh, this is the first episode. I didn't even have to look over there to realize where we were at. Nice. So thank you. Thank you so much, man. Everybody, this has been Set and Sail with Steven Saylor. This is my guest, Mike Banks. Go check him out. Run the Light Media. And we are out. Out.